This episode is brought to you by Splash Refresher. I believe in the three beverage rotation on my desk at all times. One for caffeinating, one for hydrating, and one for fun. But Splash, they spice it up by putting the fun and hydration in one. I don't have to dread my eight cups of water a day. I just drink Splash and like it. My flavor that I've been enjoying the most lately is the wild berry. Keep one on your desk. You'll be hydrated in no time. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Betches Media presents Ha ha, laugh, funny Mention it all, a Bravo by Betches podcast We don't say that, but now we said it With me, Dylan Hafer Hold on, check me, boo Hey everyone, welcome back to the Mention It All podcast I am Dylan Hafer, and today it is one of the most exciting Bravo days of the year Of the millennium, maybe ever. I don't even know. Uh, So today I had to have somebody great with me to break it all down. And I am excited to be joined by Sammy Sage. Hi, Sammy. Dylan, thank you for letting me be here. I am literally so grateful that this is our work, (laughs) that this is a work hour, that we are getting to analyze this. And there's no one who I'd rather, who, who I'd rather analyze this with than you. Absolutely. I feel the same way. And even more perfect, we have something exciting that we have been cooking up. We are going to be doing a little mini series on the Mention It All feed of Vanderpump Rules Rewind podcast. We have been rewatching season one of Vanderpump Rules, obviously, in the wake of Scandaval and everything that's been going on. There has been a lot of attention on this show. And so we thought it was the perfect time to take a little... Uh, journey down memory lane. So those episodes, we're going to be watching all of season one in a in a row, in order. Those episodes are going to be coming out on Fridays on the feed. Sammy, it has already been, I've only watched the first two episodes. It's been a lot of, a lot of fun. Oh my God. It is, okay. I know, you know, Vanderpump is, is, you know, reality TV, but it is truly a masterpiece. Like we need to talk about the fact that they did one of the most groundbreaking things on television at the time. And I would argue they're doing it now um, (laughs) with a whole new set of also cheating related issues. Um, But the way that they even like started this show, the transition from Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, like that was one of the most creative things that I think has been done on reality TV. Absolutely. I think this show, you know, obviously there have been peaks and valleys in the 10 years of Vanderpump Rules, but uh, it really it really has been a trendsetter in reality TV. And coming full circle this week, I mean, we are going to get into this finale, trust and believe. But I mean, there's just reality TV excellence happening before our eyes. Excellence. Speaking of something a little... A little interesting, maybe uh, a little controversial that's happening on Bravo. We have a Roni reboot coming this summer. Before we get into Vanderpump Rules, I just wanted to mention this week we got the full trailer, the full promos, the cast pictures, everything for Roni season 14. They're still calling it season 14, but it is a full new cast. Six women we have never had on our screens before. Uh, I am cautiously excited based on this trailer. I... I have been optimistic about this show just because I like watching good TV and I will have to watch this whether it's good or not. But I, I'm i hoping it's good. You know, I'm going in with low expectations that can only be beat. Yes. I think that if I – I think like for example with Dubai, I went in with really high expectations that it didn't meet. 
And with this, I'm just going in with as low as possible and maybe it'll be just a nice casual watch. Right. It's something something a little fresh for the summer. We're yeah. just gonna let it let it wash over ourselves. And if it's amazing, we will be blown away. If not, we'll you know whatever. <laughs> I just think like it's really it these are big shoes to step into, let's be honest. Roni, it's it's legendary. So you're stepping in t- with a full new cast that it's not like they're an existing group of friends. We know that they were cast as housewives. And I I just I just think that you don't know what you're going to get with something like that. And if I, you know, it could be good in a new in its own special way. Yeah. So I'm not going to try to hold it up to like Scary Island, although we are apparently getting a trip to Scary Island, too. Yeah, we're getting a girl's trip five, Roni Legacy. They're going to St. Bart's. I'm excited uh, for that. <laughs> I'm excited for that, too. I think we won't probably get to see it until next year. But uh, you know what we did get to see last night? The oh. Vanderpump Rules season 10 finale. Probably the most anticipated episode of a Bravo show that I can recall. You know, there have been other scandals, there have been other things, but this specific episode, knowing that that first week of March, the cameras went back up like six months after they had wrapped filming. They were getting everybody back in the room together. They're calling in the reserves. Kristen Doty is back on camera. There was a piece in Variety yesterday that kind of broke down some of the specifics of how they managed to make this all happen that I thought was really interesting, specifically the part that watch what happens live that we saw at the beginning of the episode that was on a Wednesday night. The TMZ article that broke Scandaval was on a Friday afternoon, but little did we know Ariana Maddox genius reality TV queen that she is on that Thursday between the days she called up the production company and was like, look, this is what's happening. It's going to be a thing. I, I don't know how it's going to play out, but we we have to we have to capture this and capture it. They did. And that is, you know, that's what we're here to talk about today. First of all, I do find it quite ironic that after Sandoval tells Howie Mandel that Ariana tried didn't want to put anything on camera and that she would try to hide their relationship and that he had to push to have them have like conflict on camera that she actively goes and calls them. Not that she shouldn't have, but I just think it sort of, it contradicts what he said. Absolutely. Many other pieces of evidence have. Yeah. I think in the past, maybe Ariana was reticent to show kind of the, the less flattering sides of their relationships. We actually did get somewhat confirmation from Schwartz in last night's episode that Sandoval and Ariana had sort of an unspoken pact that they wouldn't make their relationship look bad on camera or, you know, to other people. I thought that was interesting because that's something that people have sort of, uh, you know, talked about how they never really got into their relationship issues on camera. Um, until these last few weeks when Sandoval suddenly uh, decided that Ariana was a terrible person. Right. It, it's like he was complicit in that, too, until it was convenient for him. Can I ask you, like, because I feel that hearing Schwartz, the way he described it, he was like they had a pact that they won't humiliate each other, humiliate each other in real life or in the show. And to me, I'm like, OK, well, that sounds like a healthy pact. You know, like, <laughs> don't humiliate your partner in front of other people. 
And, you know, maybe not everyone approaches their relationship that way. But can you really blame her? I think her specifically, because I think she was the one doing it out of protection and he was probably doing it out of like preservation to like look good to be the number one guy in the group. I don't know. Like, do you think that's such a bad thing that they tried to do that? I don't think it's such a bad thing. I think in the context of a reality show, there are questions that are raised about, is that being the most authentic or are you kind of bringing everything to the table in terms of the show? And certainly we've seen couples on this show that have been a lot less flattering uh, on camera. Uh, But I think knowing what we know now, it's like, yeah, why would Ariana put up with that. We know now that she knew about Miami Girl all those years ago and never said anything out of protection for Tom. She could have she could have been open about that. We found out he tells Sheena that there was one other time that he cheated with somebody. She asks, "Was it somebody random?" and he's like, "Yeah, well, no." Ariana said on Watch What Happens Live, I thought was super interesting. She knows who that was referring to and that it's someone in their circle, but not someone in the universe of the show. So AKA not Billy Lee. But do you think show universe might mean like show cast presently? Like I still think, I believe the Billy Lee thing happened. I believe the Billy Lee thing too, but I think for her, the way she said it and that it's somebody who's never met Andy. I was like, I don't think it's Billy Lee. Oh, 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 right. She did say that. That's a good point. Although it's possible they haven't met in person because Andy <laughs> actually hasn't met Never met Diana Jenkins. Fun fact I learned last week. It is. It's funny sometimes realizing like which people Andy has never met in person. And it's like, I've met Andy in person. <laughs> like, right, what right. are you talking about? Well, I think it's I think it was just like the COVID casting why he never met Diana Jenkins and because she didn't show at the reunion. But totally, totally aside, something that was really apparent to me was how far apart Tom and Ariana were in their investment in the relationship. Like, even though. Although they both agreed that it wasn't perfect and they had issues, I think they had very common long-term relationship problems that like could have been worked through or they could have broken up, you know, if they had actually addressed them. But it really seems to me like she was really in despite their issues. Like she was willing to stick it out. Like she was not doing this for TV. And I think that that was very much clear. Whereas he was doing the relationship for TV and had no intention to stick it out and had been sticking it out for a while for TV and for a house. Totally. I think there are a lot of different moments where this kind of crops up. But in their conversation at the beginning, something that keeps coming up is he's making these excuses or saying that she didn't do X, Y, Z or he wasn't feeling supported. And what it always comes back to is like, you were already fucking my best friend at the time you're saying that I wasn't being supportive enough or being loving enough or apologizing or doing things around the house. And that it's he has this, it seems like fundamental disconnect that it's like you don't get to rattle off a list of, you know, items that she should have done for you when at the time that those items weren't done, you were already sleeping with her friend. Like that is something where even if she didn't know about it, you don't, you don't get to have a list of complaints from that period of time after you had decided to take up with, (laughs) with the other woman. Right. Because it's like, she's saying you don't spend enough time with her. Maybe that's because you're spending your time 
like rolling on drugs with her friend. <laughs> Although, honestly, I don't really believe that she and Raquel were ever friends. I think Raquel was only ever trying to get closer to Sandoval, to be honest. I think like yeah. Ariana came with Sandoval and she was interested in being friends with Sandoval. I think Ariana was a good friend to Raquel. Yes. I don't, yes, I don't think totally. that that was ever a genuine friendship in the way that Ariana felt it was. And that was one thing watching this season, continually seeing how hard Ariana and Sheena were riding for Raquel and really standing up for her, you know, being by her side, going, you know, spending time with her when, frankly, Raquel would have been kind of on an island this season if it wasn't for the two of them. I mean, Katie, Lala, they they don't fuck with Raquel. They didn't fuck with Raquel for pretty much this whole season. James was, you know, kind of done with her. It It is, it's telling, I think, that Raquel really figured out how to kind of sink her you know, claws into those women and sort of use them to secure her spot in the group because I don't think she would have been a full-time cast member this season if she was just kind of tangentially friends with one or two of them. Like she had to be close to someone in the group to really keep that spot. Yeah. And I think honestly, Sandoval probably facilitated that. I think he probably was like the the catalyst for her getting in with Sheena and Ariana because he probably was like villainizing Katie and saying like, oh, those girls are so bitchy. They're going to leave her out, which made them be naturally protective over her. And you can see that Ariana and Sheena believed that they had with Raquel sort of what they had with each other, which was a genuine friendship that went two ways. And she just was not giving that back. And she was really clearly using them to kind of like build her own status within the show. And Sandoval was basically listing all these things that he had that, you know, she had done wrong, but he had been with her best friend. Not only does that take up the space and time that he should be giving Ariana that she was asking for, but Lala's point was that he was clearly so comfortable with cheating. Like you don't start out with the best friend. I also don't believe it started when they say it started, but I, so he probably didn't just do this with Miami girl and that one other person. My sense is that this was like sort of a habitual thing. And I don't believe that if he wasn't, was only having sex four times a year, that that's what all he was doing. You know, Sammy, he had to sneak into the bathroom to watch porn. Is Ariana like so judgmental about porn? Like, okay, that I caught that too because I feel like if anything, Ariana would be like, "Yeah, personally, I don't feel like having physical intimacy right now, but like, do whatever you need to do." I don't feel like he would have to do that in secret. No, and also remember they went on a trip earlier. I don't remember if it was Sheena's wedding or what trip it was, but they went on a trip, and she made a joke to him like, "You, why do you have a boner?" And was, like, being flirtatious with him. And she's – you saw her try to, like, be a little flirty and rekindle. And he, like, rejected her mm-hmm. every time. He would be like, I'm busy. Or, like, you know, he would just be weird about it. And he was clearly the one who was checked out. And what I think – when you really realize what he did within the period after he was checked out, not only did he buy the house as a, quote, Band-Aid – but he then, when he knew he was not, didn't want to be with her, he said he was going to break up with her either way. While he's fucking her best friend, he then uses their home as 
collateral for his bar that isn't even opened because they're just pouring rent in it and they can't get it open. And it's like he takes his he takes his mom's money. He takes money from their house. It's just like such really, really fucked up behavior when you get to the bottom of it. And that's before you even talk about how he was trying to weaponize use Schwartz to get Katie on and Ariana off the show mm. and make them villains. Yeah, it's pretty deep emotional manipulation. Obviously, the financial aspect of it is uh, important, too. But yeah, when Schwartz and Sandoval are having their conversation and, you know, Schwartz is kind of doing a uh, carefully calculated performance tap dance this episode of how how supportive am I of Sandoval, but then also how sorry do I have to be to Ariana and how can I uh, make sure that my own interests with this bar are uh, being spoken for, but also I don't want to get canceled, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. He clearly is in a tough spot because he, you know, did some shitty things. Uh, but when when he's talking to Sandoval, I mean, I, I do believe that Schwartz probably you know, burdened with this information about the affair was like, uh, dude, like you're, you're going to have to handle this. Like, I don't think that that makes shorts like a, you know, great humanitarian, but I believe that he was kind of like, Hey, this is going to, this is going to be an issue sooner or later. And you're going to have to deal with it. And Sandoval's Sandoval's explanation of, I wanted to tell her, but then every time I tried to tell her, I just got this vibe that she she didn't want to know. Oh, my like, God. Are you? One of many excuses. Me and Raquel have to be on the same page. He brings up a few different kind of reasons, excuses, game plans. He, he says later in the episode that uh, breaking up with her was like climbing an emotional Mount Everest. Uh, he also brings up to Sheena that... You know, he tried to break up with her and she threatened to kill herself, which is, I mean, we, I don't, I don't know if that's true. Ariana said on Watch What Happens Live that he did not, in fact, try to break up with her multiple times, as had been reported. Which makes that even more fucked up because he literally yeah. makes up a lie about her. Her mental health. Having, yeah. Yeah. It's the kind of thing where the, the way he is kind of crafting these large narratives and you know emotional threads about why he he didn't feel like he could just break up with her it's like if it were really if there were really a reason that wasn't just you being like a piece of shit you would just say the reason it wouldn't be a different story every time you're filming a scene and the way that he can't just commit to one explanation makes me more sure that he was just not wanting to do the hard thing of dealing with the consequences of his own actions. And then Ariana on Watch What Happens Live also says that she thinks that Tom really just wanted to go film Winter House before he became the bad guy, which is funny, but also plausible. Yeah, I, I think he wanted not just to film Winter House, but I'm sure to like delay being the bad guy for forever, if possible. That's why they deployed this whole plan where they were going to make Ariana and Katie look like he was going to break up with Ariana, make it look like the end of their relationship was his fault, and then blame it all on Katie. Schwartz got in there, and we need to talk about Schwartz more in detail. But I really think that, like, 
it was so much more evil when you think about what he was really trying to do. He said, like, you pressured me to stay in the relationship. He blamed, he said this to Schwartz, but he blamed her for not following him and seeing that he wasn't at Schwartz's when he said he was at Schwartz's. Like, that is bad shit. He's like, you didn't suspect me enough? Well, and it's funny because then later when he's talking to Lisa Vanderpump, he says that part of the reason he didn't want to you know, break this news to her was because she had trust issues already and he didn't want to make those worse. And it's like, okay, so she had trust issues, but then also it was kind of also her fault because her trust issues weren't bad enough to literally follow him when he said he was going to his best friend's house. It's like he cannot pick a lane here because if he were to pick the accurate lane, it just would make him look so bad. And he... This whole episode to me is just kind of him, you know, grasping at straws, kind of spiraling, looking for any way out of just being the pure evil villain. And unfortunately for him, I think we are smart enough as viewers of this show. And I think the cast, aside from Schwartz and maybe even Lisa, are, you know, done with him enough that there's not going to be an exit door for him. Like there's not a, there's not like a magic key strategy that is going to kind of absolve him of the absolute, you know, just fuckery that this is. Yeah. I mean, Lisa, Lisa's obviously sticking with him because she's his employer, you know, technically not at sir, but on with the show, like she needs to keep the show going. She needs to make sure that, he and Raquel and hopefully everyone will engage in filming for to make a season 11. Because like, I think she realizes like probably the writings on the wall with this situation and their ability to move forward as a group, including the Toms, which kind of screws up her business that she yeah. has with the Toms. So she needs to stay in there. I feel like we've all had that moment where you're at somebody's wedding and you're looking around the food, the venue, the music, the overall vibe. And you're making like that mental checklist of if I were planning a wedding right now, maybe you are, maybe you aren't. What would I want to copy from this? What would I want to change? What would I want to tweak? Well, I've been a part of my fair share of weddings over the years, and I know just how stressful the process can be. You go from that newly engaged bliss to overwhelmed by invitation paper and flower colors in the blink of an eye. But using Zola helps with wedding planning from start to finish and makes every decision easier so you can stay in your bliss. With Zola, you can plan your entire wedding in one convenient place. From the day you get engaged and search for the venue to the day you send out your save the dates, make your registry, and even taste your cake, Zola has literally everything you need to make the whole process super easy and even maybe enjoyable. There's even a five-star app that helps you plan on the go or on your couch. Zola helps couples plan the wedding they really want with tons of unique features and personalized recommendations based on a couple's preferences every Zola wedding is as unique as the couple planning it. They've thought of everything you'll need and have built every tool to get you to I do, including customized checklists to get you moving, keep you on track, and prepare you for what's next. Start planning at Zola.com. That's Z-O-L-A dot com. Summer is fast approaching, which means more social events, more weddings to attend, more nights on the town, and hopefully more vacations. That's why I'm so thankful for today's sponsor, Honey Love, for covering us with the best shapewear. With Honey Love, you can feel your best even when you're wearing less. They've revolutionized compression technology so you no longer have to feel like you're suffocating while wearing effective shapewear. Plus, they're the only shapewear that won't ever roll down no matter how much you groove on the dance floor. 
For a limited time only, you can get Honeylove on sale. Get 20% off your entire order with our exclusive link, honeylove.com slash MIA. Support our show and check them out at honeylove.com slash MIA. When talking about shapewear, Honeylove's best-selling superpower short is the go-to. It has targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas where you need less compression. Their signature X targets and sculpts your midsection without squeezing your natural curves. The superpower short is helping ladies everywhere sculpt and smooth from stomach to thigh by offering just the perfect amount of compression. This piece is also a booty lifter. Boost bands on the back of the thigh give your bottom an amazing shape. Treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market and save 20% off at Honeylove honeylove.com slash MIA. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash MIA. After you purchase, they'll ask where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started, honeys. Shape your life with Honeylove. The scenes with Lisa are a little tricky. Obviously, like you said, Sandoval is in business with Lisa in a way that kind of is, you know, multi-layered. That's complicated. But then at the same time, Lisa has this maternal figure relationship with all of them. And so it's like frustrating to watch her sort of fence sit this situation. But at the same time, that's kind of her role on the show. So you can't begrudge her to a certain degree. I do think it'll be interesting to see how that plays out at the reunion. Cause that is something that's included in the, the preview a little bit that I'm really curious to see sort of what Ariana has to say about Lisa. I think part of why she doesn't go too hard is because she wants to create like safe space for them to be open and say whatever crazy shit they're going to naturally say. It's sort of like letting them dig their own graves, if you will. (laughs) But Sandoval, what did you think of his uh, hyperventilation by the window? Like it made me very uncomfortable. It also made me uncomfortable. There were a couple, his scene with Schwartz also earlier in the episode, he got a little uh, sobby. The scene at Lisa's house, it was tough because it felt like you were watching somebody have a panic attack, maybe, but then also it's just hard because like I'm not primed to believe anything that's coming out of this man's mouth, including, you know, hyperventilating sobs at this point. So the whole like mental health aspect of it all is like a little bit of a minefield. Obviously there's been this uh, story purportedly of Raquel receiving mental health treatment since the scandal broke. And that's good. All of these people should be in therapy. I hope they are all, you know, well, like I, I don't wish like ill for real on any of them, but it's like, I also don't really need to watch Sandoval become a puddle because he's like maybe going to have to deal with the consequences of his own actions. Right. Here, here is the thing. Like none of them like murdered anybody. There was not like a physical like harm. Like there's definitely a lot of abuse, but ultimately like this is an interpersonal scandal that we're all just sort of consuming. So I do genuinely wish the best to everyone involved in getting the mental help they need, because I think many of them need a lot of it. And I think we'll get to Raquel in a second, but Schwartz really needs some help as well, because the way I read his behavior this episode was that he was in full cover your ass mode. He was so I've never seen him be so transparently trying to get something across, which was that 
he tried to get Sandoval to say something. He's very, he's, to me, I feel his latent anger at Sandoval. I feel his resentment. He feels like, why, why am I part of this? Why am I canceled because of you? When like, it's because you've been complicit in his behavior for like 10 years at this point. But you know, that's another, that's a bigger conversation. But I definitely see Schwartz trying to like get out of it, get out of being, being this villain. But, and, and the thing is that he's so enmeshed with Sandoval that if he could like find the uh, trap door to being honest and just turning on Sandoval, he could save himself, but he won't do that. Yeah, I thought his conversation with Katie was really interesting because Katie told us earlier in the episode, he made this comment about BravoCon where Raquel was wearing the Tom Tom hoodie and he said, you know, she's not being a fangirl for me. Trust me, it's, you know, it's yeah. the other one. And so, you know, Katie interpreted that as that he knew at that time that there was something going on with Sandoval and Raquel. And then when Katie straight up asks him, when did you know? He first says, I don't know. I didn't mark it on my calendar. Maybe a month ago, three weeks. And Katie is immediately just like, no, no, that's not. Absolutely not. You're not, you're not getting away with this one, basically. And then he comes up with September, which is before BravoCon, around the time they were finishing filming. Uh, but then he also talks about this guy's night at the Mondrian, which is that was when Raquel left the girls trip early and then Sheena and her crashed guys night. And that is the same time frame when Ariana's dog her had dog died. Passed away like yes. that so day. this, so that story is lining up where that's the night where they fucked in the car and then he lost his keys and then he had to, you know, she had to let him into the house, whatever. So like, we know for a fact from numerous sources that that night was sort of like a, a big turning point. Whether you believe that was the first time anything had happened with them, I know, Sammy, you do not believe that. But that was in, I believe, July. And so whether or not Schwartz knew that immediately or a little bit later, September still seems kind of far-fetched that that would be the first inkling he had gotten. So especially during filming when he was carrying on with Raquel, and I think most of us uh feel that that was sort of a cover-up for the true nature of Sandoval and Raquel's uh, relationship. But it is just watching Schwartz kind of in real time have to do the calculus of like, okay, I can't get away with saying I didn't know anything, but I could say I knew a month ago, but then that also is not believable. So then I guess I'll say September, but then also this thing happened in July. Also, do these people act like the months of November, December, and January and don't exist. Like, it's as if nothing was happening in those months, like her Sandoval bringing Raquel to St. Louis for Christmas. Hello. Well, you know, his family yeah. loves her. They love her. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah. wait, but, but you're right. Watching his wheels turn, try to figure it out. The reason he dated it to September is because Sheena's wedding was the end of August. Yeah. So if he put it in August, it's like, why are you hooking up with her if you knew in September? Right. I think, I mean, it is strategic. It kind of reminds me like on Summer House sometimes the way they speak about like the full year calendar is very like, well, I mean, 
in the fall, it was whatever. And then summer, it's like, it's like nobody actually speaks in seasons. Like that's not how, that's not how we talk. So knowing like they film, they finished filming in September, Sheena's wedding, like you said, end of August. So essentially by saying September, he's kind of getting, trying to get himself off the hook for anything that happened during the filming of the season, which I think nobody who is watching this with a critical eye at all really buys that he had no idea what was happening for that whole time. Right. He's trying to get himself off the hook of knowing it during filming and for knowing it when he was hooking up with her, supposedly. Right. Because he <laughs> yeah. he doesn't want to he doesn't want to admit that he was involved in a cover up because that makes it seem even worse that it wasn't just, oh, I knew something happened. It's like, oh, I was actively involved in helping to craft this alternative narrative, which also just it opens up a can of worms about what is real on this show, what is being produced, no, the- scripted, et cetera, that I don't think he wants to get into either. Well, the can of worms isn't about what the producers are producing. The can right. of worms is about what they have been producing, what conversations they've been like lining up to have. Another thing is that you so he says August, but he also then knew about the boys night. He calls it a one night stand. Right. Like it's not a one night stand. This is the furthest thing from a one night stand. We just watch these people say, I love you. Are you kidding me? Yeah. It's just like, how does he? (laughs) He needs to stand up for himself. That's the thing. He needs to be able to grow a backbone and realize that Sandoval is the worst thing that has ever happened to him. Right. I would feel a lot more sympathetic to him complaining about his Yelp score if he was like, Sandoval's a fucking demon. I know it. He's the he's the worst. But I regret also covering for him. But also I have this business that would be more compelling than just like, hey, guys, you know. I know there's a lot of feelings right now, but I mean, ah, like if you could just, you know, don't be so it's like that is not what people want to hear. People want to hear you actually learning from your actions and, you know, reevaluating the situation and making the right choice. And I think he's he's maybe part of the way there, but he doesn't have what it takes to to really, you know, do it all the way. I mean, let's see if where he gets to. I imagine that's going to be part of the arc that will be to come because someone has to, like, knock some sense into this boy. Like, you are a human. Sandoval is not your parent. I imagine. I think he just, like, kind of parentifies Sandoval and, like, worships him. Yeah. And so he loves Sandoval more than he loves himself. I think it's going to be really interesting to see at the reunion and beyond kind of how, how Schwartz's place in the group is or isn't you know salvaged because during the kind of whatever rooftop girls night that's happening on this episode where he shows up nobody in that circle aside from ariana even wants to speak to him and when ariana does talk to him she's like look i don't think you're the worst person in the world but i'm not gonna have mutual friends with tom sandoval right now so we are not friends she's not even leaving him kind of room to decide where he stands she's saying we're not friends right now because you're still friends with tom like there's not gonna be there's not a middle ground currently in this group and i i don't know going forward whether there ever will be schwartz should go to not should should remove himself from sandoval 
Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? Well, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Splash refreshers are the delicious zero-calorie beverage I'm reaching for again and again when I'm feeling thirsty for something flavorful. I believe in the three-beverage rotation on my desk at all times. One for caffeinating, one for hydrating, and one for fun. But Splash spices it up by putting the fun and hydration in one. I don't have to dread my eight cups of water a day. I just drink Splash and like it. Lately, my go-to office beverage has been the Splash Wild Berry flavor. It's so nice to just put a few in the fridge at the beginning of the week. Grab one whenever you want something nice and refreshing. It's just the right amount of flavor, just the right amount of sweetness. You know the vibes. When you want something refreshing, when you want something hydrating, Splash is the perfect thing to reach for. It perfectly blends refreshing fruit flavors with just a little bit of sweetness, all with zero sugar and zero calories. And it's available in five craveable flavors. Wild Berry, that's my favorite, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin in orange. It's there to satisfy your need for hydration with a little flavor. Consider your hydrated self thriving. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Can we talk about Raquel and Sandoval for a minute? Yeah, I, I definitely want to talk about that scene. It's The galaxy light is on. She <sighs> knows that he's coming. She's ready. I mean, that is like some college shit. Like, are you kidding me? These two people are clearly living in an endless summer after you graduated college where you're like going to raves and like, I mean, I was not going to raves, but one was, <laughs> I mean, I, 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 mean, I, I heard, you know. ra- I heard raves. No, uh, no, I have, but like, you know, like it's yeah. your most, it's like they're living in the most degenerate period of one's life permanently. <laughs> and he is 40 years old. I think it's, it's crazy because they clearly have some awareness have discussed what they are and aren't going to do on camera. Uh, they're not going to kiss on camera. They say that they're not going to kiss because there's cameras. I I don't think saying I love you on camera was in the, uh, was in the storyboard that they cooked up. Raquel kind of lets that one slip, which was, I mean, absolutely just mortifying and hilarious and shocking and whatever. I thought he <laughs> said, I love you for what yeah. it's worth. I heard that. Right. But like he said, I love you too, but I don't think that was kind of what was supposed to happen. No, he meant they love you, but I. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. But I think, I think the thing that is crazy is like they, so they've decided that there need to be boundaries about what they're going to kind of reveal on camera, but they're still going into this scene smiling at each other like shit eating grins on their faces they look like they are like two lovers that are about to run away with each other and it's like if you know that it's gonna look bad to kiss on camera or to say i love you or to you know talk about your relationship why are you even doing this scene at all or why are you not meeting somewhere a neutral location and looking sad and you know being like i i know we really fucked up we're gonna have to pick up the pieces like this feels like the two you know, villains are like at their hideaway and they just, you know, made it out of the bank with the big bag of money. Yeah, the whole thing is very seedy. The whole vibe. Him asking to turn off the lights. Like, it, yeah. I I don't know 
how you perceive their chemistry. I'm curious to hear how you did. But to me, it felt like, oh, my God, these people, all of their chemistry came from the secret. Oh my god. I yeah, I don't know about their chemistry. I do think it's it's weird to hear Raquel say that she just, you know, needed to know what it would be like to be touched by someone who she well, cared about sad. or whatever. That's sad. I mean, him saying that kissing Raquel gave him Did hope. hope. It's like grow up. They're living in like a weird alternate reality where it's like I don't know what you think is actually going to come from this. And even she knows that because she the the mistress herself is saying the fact that you would cheat on Ariana makes me nervous that you would do the same thing to me. And it's like, bitch, the call is coming from inside the house. But my question is, like, didn't she think of that before? Like, yeah. why was she doing this the whole time if she didn't? She knew, like, did her family just tell her that? I mean, I believe that you could... If, if they had slept together one time and it was kind of just like a, oh, fuck. Like, I. Yeah, yeah, but it was. I was horny, whatever. But like the way that she is acting like she's had this epiphany that maybe, maybe she can't trust Tom because he slept with her. It's like, yeah, yeah, you're dumb. Yeah, you're gonna, this is gonna end poorly for you. It's gonna end poorly for him. I don't know. Honestly, I feel like going out of this season, Raquel is probably the person whose place on the show is least secure because who on the show is even gonna want to speak to her aside from maybe Sandoval. But, you know, the fact that she uh, dips out of filming after this one scene was, it was disappointing to me. I would have liked to see a few more confrontations. Honestly, I think that what happened was that she agreed to do this one scene and I really believe that her family was probably like immediately in her ear. She was doing weird PR shit the whole time. I think that she was not being properly guided at this moment and she had a lot of different people telling her different ways to play it. And I think her family pushed is the they're the yeah. ones who don't want her to be with him and they're like I think her family can probably see this pretty clearly that like this is like a kind of a drug fueled affair she's very lost right now and like this cannot be her yeah future. I think it's I think it's telling that she's the only one who wasn't really like gung-ho about film about starting to film again because everybody else even Sandoval even Ariana are doing multiple scenes with different you know combinations of people they really did I think they did a good job I think they were only filming again for a handful of days and they did a good job of getting kind of like they went down the shot list and they got all the things that we needed to see I mean Sandoval going to Sheena's house at the end of the episode was heartbreaking emotional stuff which you wouldn't if you were just thinking of like, okay, what do I need to see from this episode? Sheena and Sandoval maybe wouldn't have been the first thing to come to my mind. But oh my God, when she's talking about they opened Villa Blanca together in 2009 and they were on this show together and nobody fucked with Sheena. I know you and I have been rewatching those early episodes and it is, it's bleak out there for Sheena in season one. Like this is her guy that has always been there in this whole you know, circus that they've been through in the last decade plus that cuts deep. Yeah. I think they're an example, a rare example of a true platonic friendship between male and female, male and female, boy and girl, I don't know, man and woman. I don't know. <laughs> what are they? Um, it's, and I think that that is really sad and you could see that she was heartbroken, 
And also that he had apparently like been really mean to her. Yeah. That's... It's interesting. It's interesting how both he and Schwartz are so quick to just like berate, berate Katie, berate Sheena, berate Ariana when they're in the wrong, but they like hug each other and won't tear each other down when they're down. And it's like, what is, what kind of sick shit is this? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's sticky. It's tough to watch. Um, but I feel like, I mean, <laughs> the the people who, you know, can talk about their emotions and make good choices are, are going to come out on top. And I, uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know, it's, it's tough to watch though. I'm ready to try something about her sandwiches. As I've said many times, I want to try that Greek salad one. <laughs> This episode is brought to you by new crisp and refreshing Heineken Silver with only 3.2 carbs and 95 calories and most importantly, no bitter endings. In honor of my new favorite beer, it's time for us to play a little game called Happy Endings versus Bitter Endings. So Sammy, we are going to break down who from this week's Bravo shows, Vanderpump Rules, is headed for a happy ending and who is on track to have a bitter taste in their mouth. Let's find out. Sammy, if you had to pick one person from this episode who is going to get their happy ending. Who's it going to be? I mean, I pretty sure it's obviously going to be Ariana. She even said last night on watch what happens live that she is very happy and very satisfied. Good dig. Good. dig. <laughs> Plus she's been, you know, they're in an Uber commercial. It's kind of crazy. The career opportunities that have come from this for her. Yeah. She had a joke at the correspondence. Today she was in the New York Times. There, She was on the Today Show and The View today. I mean, it's Ariana. It's got to be yeah. Ariana for the happy yeah. ending. But the second most is Katie. I think there's serious vindication. Absolutely. And on the other end of the spectrum, the bitter endings. I Obviously, I mean, Tom and Raquel. Nothing good can come from this. This is... Yeah. Even if they were to stay together, that's cursed. If they break <laughs> up, what's waiting for them on the other side? I don't know. I mean, it's there's just no... There's no way to come back from that. You know, I'm just going to be... I'm going to be a little contrary. I'm going to pick Schwartz. And for the reason... The reason for that is that he didn't even engage in this affair. And he is getting quite a bitter, a bitter ending, one could say. I would agree. He, I think he has uh, a slight window to turn it around, but it's closing fast. Turn it around, Schwartzy. <laughs> okay, so those are today's Happy Endings and Bitter Endings brought to you by Heineken Silver. Heineken Silver is my new favorite beer of choice, much better than whatever Raquel's got in the fridge. Let me tell you that. With only 3.2 grams of carbs and 95 calories, this new crisp and refreshing beer won't compromise on taste, which means no bitter endings, unlike some of our friends on reality television. Order now at Heineken.com silver. Must be 21 or over to purchase. Please enjoy Heineken responsibly. Sammy, I feel like we could keep going and talking about this episode for hours. I know you also got into it uh, with Emma from Comments by Celebs on the At Betches podcast. So if you're uh, if you're craving more Vanderpump finale content, uh, go and check that out as well. Yes, we went through it all on the At Betches podcast today. Aileen and Jordana were out, but I was joined by Emma. She was amazing. We always have a good time talking about Bravo and TV in general. So that was really fun. And um, Dylan, we have a big surprise for everybody that's we're about to go to go record. 
Yes, we are. We are going to get into our Vanderpump Rules season one rewind. Uh, so stay tuned. The first episode of that will be dropping tomorrow, uh, Friday, whenever you're listening to this. Uh, it'll be up on the feed. So that's going to be a lot of fun. And I'm excited to get into it with you. Thank you, Sammy, for joining me today. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Don't forget to rate, review and follow the show wherever you listen. You can follow us on Instagram at Bravo by Betches. And until next time, be cool. Don't be all like uncool. Mention It All is produced by Dylan Hafer, Sean Kilby, Jorge morales Pico, and Rebecca Sousmacat. Editing by Jorge morales Pico. Social media by Dylan Hafer. Guest booking by Dylan Hafer and Ali Friedlander. Be sure to follow at Bravo by Betches on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you to our sponsor, Splash Refresher. Meet the water beverage that loves self-care as much as you do. Just because you have to hydrate doesn't mean it has to be tasteless. Splash Refresher makes hydration deliciously easy. Splash perfectly blends refreshing fruit flavors with just a little bit of sweetness, all with zero sugar and zero calories. I am going to go grab myself a wild berry splash now that I am done recording, and you should too. Consider your hydrated self thriving. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Batches.